0: Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. Cut It Straight is a podcast helping you pursue excellence in your preaching and ministry. In this episode, we're going to look at case studies in humility. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Cut It Straight Podcast, episode 13. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Whitley. In today's episode, we want to look at case studies in humility. Let's look at Philippians 2 19 through 24. Paul writes, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with the Father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. As ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's very easy for us to lose sight of our own walk with Christ, even as we aim to lead others to a closer walk with Jesus. It's also easy to allow our callings and our positions to inflate our ego. Power and influence can easily be corrupted. Now, Paul defended his calling and apostleship, uh, even saying in Romans 11 and 13 that he magnified his office. Uh, Paul did not think of himself as inferior to these uh, supposed uh, super apostles who went about boasting to the Corinthian church, as we read in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12. Uh, Paul did not shy away from showing the many signs of his own apostleship, but Paul was also willing to take the posture of being the least in the kingdom. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 9, it says, for I am the least of the apostles unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. He said, I'm the very least of all of the true apostles. In Ephesians three and eight, he says to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ. So not only is Paul claiming to be least of the apostles. And now here in Ephesians three and eight, he says that I'm the very least of the saints. In 1 Timothy 1.15, the New International Version says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Paul said, not only am I the least of the apostles and the least of all of the saints, I'm the chief or I'm the worst of sinners. Paul magnified his office and he knew that he was called and he uh, he, he walked in the authority of his apostleship and calling but yet Paul also realized who he was in Christ. Your position and your calling does not change who you are and who you are supposed to be in Christ Jesus, that we're called to be sanctified, that we are called to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And it's easy sometimes to allow our ministries and our callings and our offices Uh, to cloud or shroud who we really are but Paul reminds us that even though I'm an apostle I'm the least of saints Uh, even though I'm the least of saints I'm the worst of sinners I really know who I am and it's easy to lose sight of who we really are that we're sinners saved by grace Jesus taught that humility was an essential uh, attribute of kingdom living. In Matthew 18 and 4, he says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 20, 26 through 28, he says, it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I want to look at that just for a second. He said, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Remember, we are not called to be served. As ministers of the gospel, we're not called to be served. We are called, like the Son of Man, like Jesus Christ, we're called to serve. And when we get those roles uh, mix, misplaced, uh, we allow our ego and our pride to, uh, to outgrow who we really are, or it kind of clouds who we really are. In Matthew 23 and 11, Jesus says, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Luke 14 and 11, he says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So the posture of the kingdom is that you are to be a servant, that humility is, brings exaltation and if you choose to try to exalt yourself or to bring glory to yourself you will be humbled now uh, pride goes before a fall uh, and so paul is saying he's the least of the apostles the least of the saints he's the greatest of sinners and jesus is saying that we should be uh, humble that we should not exalt ourselves but we should walk in humility now uh, there are other writers who, who deal with humility uh, in the New Testament, but I do want to focus, uh, as uh, our, our podcast is about ministry, I want us to look, as, uh, as ministers of the gospel, how we are to be humble, how we should have humility. Uh, and it's easy, it's easy to forget uh, who you are and what you're supposed to do, that we are to serve. Jesus Christ is the ultimate example Uh, of serving those he has come to save. Uh, He didn't come to rule with a sword. He came to serve with a towel. Uh, And so in the letter of the Philippians, Paul calls for believers to be humble. He says in Philippians 2, 3 through 4, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Next, Paul says in uh, verses five through eight says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, Jesus is the ultimate example of humanity, of humility, that, He has left the glory of heaven and put himself into the weakness and the frailty of humanity uh, that he would come to serve, uh, that he would uh, allow himself to take on flesh, uh, to fight weakness and temptation just as we have, and yet he did it with absolute perfection. Uh, And so Paul says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, Philippian believers, uh, Christian believers, uh, Christian ministers, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, that even though that we are sanctified and that we are a chosen generation, that we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light, that we might show forth his praise and we are uh, called and separated. We are still to humble ourselves. We are still to walk in humility. So we are supposed to have the same mind, As Christ Jesus in walking in humility and being humble, it's not just saying, "Well, I'm I'm the most humble guy you'll ever meet." Well, uh, that's not what we do, or that's not how we pronounce it. Uh, And humility is not, "Well, I'm 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 not a very good preacher, and uh, I'm not a very good Christian." That's not how we are. That's not humility. Uh, We're not to be fishing for compliments or pats on the back. Uh, We are to live humility, and how we do that is by serving. And so, Paul, as he has put this context of uh, Philippian believers are to have the same mind as Christ Jesus, as being um, humble. And he gives examples of humility. And one of those examples is Timothy, who we have studied quite a bit here on the Cut It Straight podcast and so when we read 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, uh, his, Timothy's life is beyond those two pastoral epistles. Uh, and so Paul uses Timothy as an example of humility. Uh, so I want to look at these case studies of humility, especially in a young minister such as Timothy. Now he goes in the same chapter, uh, verses 19 through 24, which we read at the beginning of this episode. Uh, He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. So, number one, humility is long-lasting. One of the first of Timothy's attributes was his long-lasting support of Paul's ministry. Paul is in prison in Rome, and Timothy is right there next to him. According to Philippians 1 and 1, Colossians 1 and 1, and Philemon 1, uh, that Timothy is with Paul even while he is uh, in prison. Needless to say, this is not a popular time to be associated with Paul and his ministry. Timothy, nevertheless, is with him, even in difficult times. Uh, Others had forsaken Paul, but Timothy was long-lasting. So we too, brothers, we need to be long-lasting in our relationships with our spiritual leaders. Preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, it's becoming more despised. Uh, The result uh, of our day is that Christianity is becoming reviled. Uh, and Jesus said that we would be hated for His name's sake. Uh, Paul said to all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus would be persecuted. Uh, and so, uh, Paul desired to send Timothy to the church in Philippi, uh, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. Paul would be encouraged. Uh, when he receives the good report of this church's spiritual progress, but he's going to send somebody who has been sharing in his afflictions, who has not departed, uh, who has not left his side. And so uh, you need to stick with the Christian message, stick with the gospel, stick with the scriptures, be faithful to the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. Preach the word, be in season, out of season, preach it when it's not popular, preach it when it's accepted. Uh, You must be long lasting in ministry and faithfulness to those who have faithfully preached the Word of God. It's not time for you to go and preach a new gospel, not that there is another gospel, but stick with those who have been faithful in ministering in the Word of God. Number two, humility is like minded. He says, For I have no one like him. The King James Version says, I have no man like minded. Uh, the New American Standard Bible says, For I have no one else of kindred spirit. Now, this is an extraordinary compliment concerning Timothy. Timothy was Paul's son in the faith, according to First Timothy 1 and 2. Timothy was called a disciple and was admired by fellow believers. When Paul finds him, we read about in Acts 16. So he calls him to join him and Silas on his second missionary journey. Uh, so Timothy was a part of the evangelization uh, of Macedonia and Achaia and was present for much of Paul's Ephesian ministry. So Paul was surrounded by great men in all of his ministry, men such as Barnabas, Silas, Mark, and Titus, though it is Timothy who stands out to Paul. He says, there's no one like him or like-minded such as Timothy. I have no one else of kindred spirit. The King James Version says, for I have no man like-minded, he has distinguished himself as having the same mind as Paul. This word, "like-minded" or "kindred spirit," in the King—I'm sorry, in the Greek—means <clears throat> one-souled or equal-souled. These two are knit together. Timothy and Paul—they are of one mind and soul in the things of the Lord. This is a rare treasure. As Timothy with Paul, such a person will be with you at all times. You need to be. Uh, like-minded with your pastor. You need to be like-minded with the leaders that God has placed in your life. You don't go out and say, well, I know this is what my pastor or what my bishop uh, teaches and preaches, but this is what I think. This is what I believe. No, when Timothy was sent out, he preached the same thing that Paul preached. He taught the same thing that Paul taught. He lived the same thing that Paul lived. He was like-minded. He was one soul with him. He was like-minded. He was equal soul with him. They share the same message, the same lifestyle. When you uh, you are preaching the gospel, you're representing not just Jesus Christ and the word of God. You're representing those who have trained you, who have imparted uh, and equipped you. And so you are... Uh, to be trusted when you go out to preach, that you're going to preach the same message, uh, that you're going to be faithful to doctrine, you're going to be faithful to the gospel, and that's what Timothy was to Paul. He said, "There's going to be heat. when I send him, he's, he, it's like I'm going with him. If I, I might be here in prison, but when Timothy's there, I know he's going to preach the very same message that I preach. It's not time for you to go and change the gospel, which you cannot do, uh, but." You don't go and preach another message. You might have different methods, but you have the same message of Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected, uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, the message of repentance, uh, the message of sanctification and holiness. You preach the same word of God at those who have gone before you. Next, humility is compassionate. He says in verse 20, he who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Timothy's a man of compassion. Uh, If we're going to be in ministry, you must be compassionate towards people. Putting other needs before your own is a non-negotiable principle in humility in ministry. Timothy was concerned for the welfare of the church. If you're going to be a preacher, it's not looking for the welfare of your own uh, lifestyle, your own life. This is for the Care of the church, to care for the flock of God. When you are uh, ministering to people, you're concerned for their souls. You're not to have a superficial concern for the church, but no, you're to to have a genuine compassion. John writes in his first epistle By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth you're to love people. And I know there are times when it's difficult and you're tired and you're wore out and you're annoyed and you're frustrated and all those things that come along with ministry, but you should still have a genuine love for people, a compassion for them. Timothy was concerned for their welfare. The word concerned in the Greek means to be anxious. It carries the idea of being weighed down with a burden, and we need more burden for people. Don't just have a burden for a pulpit. Have a burden for people. Have a burden for people's souls, not just for preaching sermons. Have a burden for people. Uh, have a burden for their welfare. Uh, don't seek your own interest. Seek those of Christ and his bride. That's If you're going to be effective and, and you're going to have a long tenured ministry, then you need to love people. Vance Havner, who is a great uh, preacher and pastor and author. He took over a church and he met, uh, with, with one of the men of the church that he had recently took over. And he heard such great talk of the former pastor who had passed away. And he went and found one of the men of his church. And he said, what, what was it about uh, your last pastor? He said that everybody speaks so highly of him. He was by now we don't hear much of his, uh, I don't hear much about his sermons that he preached, but they always speak so highly of him. What what was it about him? And that, that patron, that saint, that church looked at Vance Havner and he said, Pastor Vance, he just simply loved us. That should be said of us, that you love people. If you want to have great ministry, you need to have a big heart. The big head is the enemy of the big heart. We are to bear one another's burdens. Uh, when you're ego is enlarged, love is diminished. You need to have love for people, compassion for people. Next, humility is to be visible. In verse 22, he says, but you know Timothy's proven worth. Paul points out to his readers that when it comes to Timothy, they know his proven worth. In the first century, this had the sense of being put through a particular test or evaluation. Uh, This phrase was used of testing metal by putting it in a furnace or a fire in order to reveal if some type of metal was genuine or fake, if you bought something that was cheap and, uh, and genuine. And if the material was an imitation alloy, the substance would dissipate. However, if it were real, the fire would bring out uh, the, the real gold or silver uh, that would remain from that. All the impurities would be smelted out and the genuine substance would all would be left True metal became purer as a result of going through the fire. And so when Paul says, You know, his proven worth, he said he's been through it. Uh, he's gotten experience. He's not a novice. Uh, he's been tested in ministry. He had withstood the trials and tribulations of ministry. Timothy's ministry had been proven in the fire of affliction and persecutions. He lived through failures and disappointments. For at least 10 years, Timothy had been battle tested on the front lines of ministry alongside Paul. Timothy was with Paul when the gospel of Jesus Christ first infiltrated Europe, and it wasn't accepted at first. Uh, He was present with Paul when the truth of the gospel came to Philippi. Uh, Timothy was there when Paul had been dragged into prison. Uh, Timothy had paid the high cost of being involved with Paul's missionary pursuits. He said, "You know his proven worth. You know what he's lived before you. You know what he's gone through, and here he is. He's he's stuck with it. He's been faithful." To the gospel the point being is that timothy had proven his value to the kingdom of god he had sacrificed personal freedoms and liberties for the sake of the gospel not to mention being submitted to uh, the awful practice of circumcision when he didn't have to do that paul circumcised timothy because his father was a greek he submitted they said you know he's proven worth you see what he's willing to give up you see what kind of sacrifice he's lived that should be said of us brothers They should know our proven worth. When you go out to preach, when you go out to minister and you're representing your home church, your pastor, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, they should know your proven worth, that you've been faithful at your home church, that you've worked, that you've studied, that you're a man of prayer, that you have served in your local assembly, that you've gone through hardships and you've come through it. You're not not fickle or fleeting, but you've been faithful with the gospel of Jesus Christ. How as a son, next, how as a son with the father, he has served with me in the gospel. Next, the humility works hard. As a Christian minister, you must be willing to serve. Ministry's hard work. Serving others and humbling yourself is arduous. The word serve in the Greek literally means to be a slave. It gives the idea of being directed and pushed by someone else in the work. Timothy is serving Jesus Christ. He's serving the gospel. He is submitted to the scriptures. He is ready and equipped to do whatever is asked of him. Listen to me. Ministry takes initiative. If you're waiting for somebody to ask you to preach or to come into the pulpit to minister, you're going to wait for a long time. Take initiative to go and be a soul winner, teach Bible studies, be an usher, be a musician in your church be in your choir, do whatever, be anywhere that you can be in the local church to serve and to work. If that means cleaning the restrooms, if that means mowing the grass, if that means uh, serving in the Sunday school department, get yourself somewhere where you can serve. Don't wait to be asked. Go and ask your pastor, ask the leadership, where can I serve? Ministry takes initiative. If you really want to be a minister of the gospel, you will serve wherever you are and you'll do it with faithfulness. You'll do it with anointing and you'll do it with a smile on your face. No one should ever say, well, I'm not called to, to mow. I'm not called to, uh, to sweep. I'm not called to move chairs. I'm not, then you're not called to ministry because ministry is hard work and it's doing the things that nobody else is willing to do. And that does not, does not just mean preaching and teaching. You're going to have to be willing to serve. You must be willing to be faithful and to work. Ministry is not for the lazy bones or the sluggard. This is not for one who wants to sleep in late, play video games, watch Netflix all day. Ministry is for those who are going to say, Pastor, where can I work? What can I do? Who can I give a Bible study to? Can I teach the children in Sunday school? Can I be an usher? Where can I serve that I might be a vessel in God's kingdom. Some will do anything to be a part of the ministry, but then there are those who will absolutely do nothing until they are asked. Let that not be said of us, brothers. Take initiative to serve in the kingdom of God. He said, "I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how well it will go with me." In verse twenty-three. Twice Paul says that he intends to send Timothy. Now listen, Timothy's to go check on the church in Philippi. This sounds like a short trip around the block. However, this journey is about 800 miles one way at a time where there's no vehicles, trains, planes. Traveling at that time was rigorous. There weren't roads like we have today. And once he is there, he has to take inventory of the church, turn around and travel 800 miles back. That is 1,600 miles of difficult and life-threatening travel. However, Timothy is willing to pay the price. Whatever it is, I'll do it. I, if, I, if God, if you're calling me to be a missionary, I'll be a missionary. If you're calling me to travel and preach the gospel over the world, I'll do it. God, if you're calling me to pastor a small country church where there's not a big mega church, God, I'll do it. Lord, if you want me just to serve my local church and to lift up the hands of my pastor and be an elder and be a be a deacon in my church, Lord, let me do it but anything I can do to be in the ministry, God, that's what I want to do. Let that be your prayer. Let that be your prayer that Lord, I'm willing to serve wherever you put me. And let me tell you this, God's not going to open up more doors for you. If you're not willing to walk through the doors that he's already opened, if he's opening doors for you in your local church, walk through them and do those things that your pastor and your leadership's asking of you, you'll be blessed. If you're faithful over a little, God will make you a ruler over much. What does this have to do with you? All this humility in the life of Timothy. What does it have to do with you as a young minister of the gospel? Perhaps you're being battle-tested like Timothy had been. Remember, there's a purpose behind those trials. Like the precious metal that is heated up, the impurities are smelted out only to make you pure and stronger. Perhaps there's a greater ministry that God's preparing you for. Next, are you loyal to the spiritual leaders that God has placed over you in the church? Are you submitted and encouraging to those who serve and minister to you? It says this in Hebrews thirteen seventeen: have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their job will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of not benefit to you. Also remember your leaders who speak the word of God to you. Consider their way of life and imitate their faith, Hebrews 13 and 7. Finally, the Christian life is labor-intensive. Are you a diligent laborer in the kingdom? Is your shoulder to the plow? There's a job for everyone in the church. No one just shows up. You are to present your life as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable worship. That's what Romans 12 and 1 says, You have a role and a place in God's kingdom to offer service. I hope you will take these case studies of humility and apply them to your life as we pursue excellence in our preaching and ministry. Thanks for tuning in to the Cut It Straight podcast. For more information and more episodes, go to nswhitley.com. Follow me on Twitter at NSWhitley and go to Facebook and go to my page NSWitley.